All right. So before we dive into my take, I just wanted to let you guys know about a special sale that we're running in the merchandise store right now. Uh, We still actually do have a holiday discount that's going on in the store. Go to macrosinc.net slash shop and use the code WINTER2020. That's all caps. So tap that caps lock key and then type in WINTER2020 for 10% off your order. Uh, Also, if you order one of the grit shirts or the grit mugs, uh, you get extra special kudos. And if you post it in our Facebook group, uh, we're all rocking the grit shirts. That's kind of one of our themes for the year. So go to macrosinc.net slash shop. Use the code winter2020 at checkout. If we can get 1,000 orders in 24 hours, I'll go crazy. We'll see you guys on the other side of this advertorial in the show. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brad Dieter, the Chief Operating Officer here at Macros Inc., a nutrition and fitness coaching company, and this is My Take, a podcast that discusses current events in nutrition, the business side of the health and fitness industry, and a little bit of everything in between. So today's show, we're going to cover some nutrition insights, some business insights, what I'm learning today, a daily win, and a daily learning lesson. Let's dive into the show. All right, nutrition insights. So how does creatine work? Should you take it and how much should you take? So creatine is an interesting supplement in that it's probably one of the most studied molecules um, of, of all time, really, regardless of what industry you look at, medical, supplement, etc. There's been an absurd amount of research on creatine. And the way it works is your body has three primary ways of making energy. Um, We call these the energy systems. And you have one called uh, the phosphocreatine system. You have one called uh, the glycolytic system. And one called the aerobic system or oxidative system. And uh, creatine works in, obviously, the, the phosphocreatine system. Which we think about that is is almost like first gear of your car. Um, now your body doesn't work exactly like shifting through gears, but it's a decent analogy, and it's kind of like the very short term, high intensity work. And the way it works is to make energy, which in the human body is really in the form of ATP, adenosine triphosphate, is Creatine acts as a phosphate donor. So basically, it allows your body to recycle used ATP and make make it really quickly and make it without oxygen. And so taking creatine monohydrate or creatine um, hydrochloride or whatever uh, form you take, it basically just increases your body's ability to store creatine phosphate, which allows your body to regenerate ATP uh, a little bit more than you normally can. So that's the way creatine works. Um, Now, should you take it? So my argument to most people is, if you are somebody who trains pretty heavily or, you know, modestly, and you have kind of training goals, fitness goals, 
Creatine is one of those things you should consider taking as long as you don't have any contraindications for it. Uh, most people would benefit from it. Not everybody will. Um, but it's one of those things where if you're kind of a more on the athletic side of the spectrum and you train quite a bit, um, you should you should consider taking it and consult with a doctor before you do. Uh, now, is it effective? Creatine is probably one of the most effective supplements studied. Um, we do know it can increase work capacity in kind of that short duration, like 90 seconds or less. Uh, we know it can improve like baseline recovery, like between sets. We know it can do that. Uh, we know it can increase your resistance to fatigue. So you, you get to do a little more work. And uh, we know that all those things combined generally make creatine helpful for improving body composition or building muscle mass because you're able to do more work. So that's, uh, that's kind of creatine in a nutshell. That is the crash course on creatine. Now, how much should you take? So most people should take somewhere between three and seven grams a day with the average person taking five, much smaller humans. Like, you know, if you're a, a four foot, 1100 pound person, you can probably get away with three, three and a half or four. And if you uh, are on, you know, 250 plus pounds, you're probably going to be closer to that seven grams per day. Um, so that's, that's how much you should take. Now, there are loading protocols where, you know, you can take higher doses of creatine initially and then taper off, but you don't have to do that. Creatine works on bioaccumulation, so it can take a couple days, um, well, excuse me, it will take a couple weeks before you notice a major effect, but you can kind of speed up that process by taking like, you know, 15 to 20 grams a day for a couple days. But for most people, that can cause some GI distress, um, and it's kind of a pain, and uh, it's not really that helpful. So I just usually suggest most people just take like a regular five grams a day every day um, for a month before you start really seeing any effect. So that's the that's the nutrition insight for today. Uh, we're going to cover more supplements on tomorrow's episode. All right, so uh, moving on to business insights. You know, this one, I don't know if it's really a business insight or more of kind of a personal insight that's related to business is one of the questions I try to ask myself every day when I'm at work or when I'm dealing with issues or, um, you know, trying to solve problems is, am I an asset or am I a liability to the situation? And I think it's pretty easy for most of us to sit back and if we're really honest, we can kind of self-assess that. So I think, okay, if we have a, a problem we're trying to solve in a business is, do my skills make me an asset or a liability, right? Um, do I have the technical know-how? Do I have the emotional intelligence to solve the problem? Do I have the bandwidth to solve the problem? Um, am I able to take enough autonomy and ownership to help solve the problem or am I a liability? And so I think about you know that with regard to most things in my professional career. So like one of the things that, you know, this is kind of a personal approach to me is whenever I've wanted to, you know, make more money or get paid more, or get a raise or whatever, I've never asked for any of those things, right? Like I've never asked for like, hey, I want my salary increased by X or I want X higher commission. Um, what I've always tried to do instead is can... To, because to me, that approach is more of a liability, right? I'm asking somebody to put more of a liability on their books to make me happier. 
And that to me just never seems like a win-win, right? What I, my approach in those situations is how do I drive more value um, to the company, right? Is how do I, if I want to make more money, how do I generate more value, right? And maybe that's monetary value or maybe that's value to the company. So now the owners don't have to spend as much time doing X, Y, or Z, or, you know, I'm building brand awareness or something to drive more value. So my, my worth is more valuable, right? And so an asset is a value and a liability is a debt. Um, other ways you can look at that is like, how much ownership do you take of your own self and your own career? Um, you know, and what does that look like? So I think, you know, one example would be, you know, if something goes wrong on a project or, um, you know, you drop the ball on something, are you somebody who will try to like find your way out of taking ownership of it? Or like, do you really just own those things? You just be like, Hey, totally my fault. Drop the ball. Forgot to write it down. I'm sorry. I'll take care of it. Right. Or is it like, uh, you know, Hey, like I thought somebody else was doing it, but, uh, I guess I'll take care of it. Right. Is those types of things make a big difference. And especially when you look at your team that you're assembling, right? We can't do anything by ourselves. Uh, and are you assembling assets or are you assembling uh, liabilities? So that's uh, business insights. Uh, what I'm learning today, um, this has nothing to do with anything, but I just thought I'd share a, a major uh, shortcoming, I guess, of my own brain is uh, my wife and I are working on a, a small kind of construction project. And uh, what I'm learning is interior design is much harder than I thought it was. And it's mostly because there's like so many options out there of like paints and floors and textures and colors and styles. And the internet is like your worst friend because you can Google like what you want something to look like and you get like 90 million ideas. And there's no way you can pick one. Um, and I've learned that interior design is much harder than I thought it was and I'm probably just going to hire somebody to help me because I'm terrible at it. Uh, daily win. So, yeah, daily win is, man, over the last probably year or so, I've actually shifted my exercise to be much later in the day. So I've been actually going like seven or eight at night when the gym was open um, or like working out at home late at night just because of routines and schedules and we would have early morning meetings and we have people on the East coast, but, uh, schedules have changed a little bit and I'm kind of back to early morning workouts. Now that the gym is open, I can get in there. Um, and, you know, and I can actually go in and like shoot a basketball and, and run around a little bit. And it feels good to just get moving again, like first thing in the morning. Now the irony is today was my off day. So I'm telling you this, uh, that was yesterday. I got back to the gym and I'm recording this an early morning. So I'll, on my rest day, I'm recording this instead of being in the gym, but it's nice to be able to get back there. I'm going to have that schedule back. So I'll be going back again tomorrow morning, just kind of getting into that morning routine. Daily learning lesson. So this is one of those things that I think is, uh, is kind of obvious, but I maybe think people don't take the same spin that I do on it. So I thought I'd share it. Time is your most valuable asset right? You, you never get time back. And a lot of people will say like, oh, that means you should, you know, like don't work so much and sit and relax and you know, enjoy all the time that you have. And that's one view of it. The other one for me is like, 
time is your most valuable asset in that you never get it back. And that means you have to work quickly. You have to be decisive and you have to move forward. And you have to realize, like, what is the opportunity cost of time? So I think, like, if I think about, you know, some of the things that I maybe regret the most or things that I should have done is they're all things I should have done earlier, right? Like, I wish I could have found a high level of work ethic at a much younger age. I feel like there was years of my life wasted, like, not fulfilling certain potentials that I can never get back um, because of the time, right? Like, you go through college once. If you want to get into medical school and you want to be a neurosurgeon, like, you can't just kind of dink around for four years and then go, oh, maybe later I'll go back and do it. It's like, no, you really, that's the time you have to do it and you have to find that work ethic. Um, things like investing, right? If you start investing when you're 12 years old, um, you know, by the time you're 30, you've been investing for 18 years, right? That's the same as like how much you can accumulate between 30 and 48. And then if you think about your retirement accounts and how much they grow, that time is your most valuable asset. And so that means you have to start putting things into place like today if you want to start reaping the rewards of those later. That means you have to start making decisions and you have to start moving quickly and that you can't let time kind of pass by. And I think about that in like a business context um, and in a personal context. Like in a business context, like we're always competing in the markets to, to try to get market share and to try to move forward and every day that you're not improving, somebody else is. And if you're, you know, if a project falls behind two weeks, that two weeks might have been the difference between like you really taking advantage and a foothold in the market, or you missing out on the entire market. Um, you know, that's important. The other one is like personal relationships, right? You always think, oh, I'll have more time to invest in that relationship, but that relationship could be gone tomorrow, and and you have to take that time and invest. Um, right now. So it's uh, Tuesday, January 26th, 2021 that I'm recording this. Uh, so hope you guys enjoyed the show. Please send in some listener mail. Just send it to brad.deter at macrosinc.net. If you have a small business and you'd like to feature it on this show and in, in one of our ad spots, we're going to be opening up soon. Um, let me know. We're going to do some free advertising for people in our community. So just again, email me at brad.deter at macrosinc.net and we will see you guys tomorrow. <laughs>